0: Welcome to Wadcast. I'm Charlene Giannetti, editor of Woman Around Town. August Wilson was only 60 years old when he died of liver cancer on October 2, 2005. But the playwright's body of work, particularly his 10-part series, The Pittsburgh Cycle, continues to resonate with audiences, never more so than today. The sixth play in that series, Fences, was made into a film and won an Academy Award for Viola Davis and a nomination for Denzel Washington. The seventh play in the series, Two Trains Running, will be presented at Arena Stage in DC from March 30th through April 29th. Like the other productions, Two Trains Running takes place in Pittsburgh's Hill District in the 1960s, a time when the civil rights movement was gaining momentum, but also a time when urban renewal was bringing change to many urban neighborhoods. In Two Trains Running, Nicole Lewis, whose resume includes Broadway appearances in Hair, Rent, and Lennon, is the sole woman in the seven-member cast. This is her arena stage debut, and we are excited to interview her today about Two Trains Running, August Wilson, and her career. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, thank you. Tell us a little bit about the themes in Two Trains Running.
1: There are several themes. Um, August Wilson's plays are so chock full of life lessons and things that most people can relate to, uh, particularly this, all of his plays talk about what it is to be a black American, um, basically. And I think as an American... Every single American lives with the legacy of slavery. Um, So we have a unique, as a writer, August Wilson really has encapsulated um, the lives of black Americans throughout the uh, 20th century. Two Trains Running, in particular, is set in the 1960s. It's at the end of the 60s, 1969, post-civil, the movement, the civil rights movement. So Martin Luther King has been assassinated, Malcolm X has been assassinated, Robert Kennedy has been assassinated, and um, JFK uh, has been assassinated. So we're dealing, again, with what it is for black Americans who are moving out of segregation and into, into integration and what that is. And one of the major themes, uh, we we're set in a diner here owned by um, a man named Memphis who lived down in this, down south, um, Jackson, and then moves up north to uh, Pittsburgh, which is where the play is set. That's also where August Wilson grew up. I think it's particularly close to Wilson and his partic- his life and experience um, in that way. And so in the 60s, we have this black entrepreneur, restaurant owner, um, which was something that at the time, because, uh, separate but equal, that idea enabled black business to thrive. Um, and in Pittsburgh, we find gentrification. Uh, the government wants to buy, take this, not even, he does, they don't even want to buy it. They want to co-opt the land. And uh, Memphis is insisting that if they're going to take it from him, he's going to get a fair price for it. Um, but it's a dying town, basically, Pittsburgh. And we're left with seven characters um, who frequent the diner and what their lives are like with a town, a city that's crumbling around them. Um, all of the themes are about survival. All of the characters uh, work with survival, freedom, um, agency, not having agency, what that is. Um, it's, it's incredibly relevant to what's going on today um, as well the things we haven't talked about, you know, this idea that we were, that we're living in a post-racial society with uh, President Obama, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when those, these issues are still, um, race is a major issue, becomes a major um, point of contention. When we're talking about agency and freedom, do black, black men being brutalized, killed, um, and these things are in 1969 are in the play as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so by uh, by police and all that. Um, so 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 your yeah. character is the only female character in the cast. Uh, so yeah. talk a little bit about that, about what that says about black women uh, in the 1960s and 1970s, and and how things are a little bit different today, if they are.
1: Well, from what I've known because I wasn't, I personally wasn't around then, but, um, from what I looked up and researched and discovered that it was a real time for emergent women, uh, particularly black, black women. Um, Maya Angelou published, I know why the caged bird sings in 1969. Mm. And that has been a real, um, source of my understanding of the time and this character um, and what it is to be a woman who in a certain place in has a certain place in society especially around black men what that dynamic is mm-hmm. um, how much she can say how much does she say um, and how she protects herself and um, and what kind of agency she has, even if she doesn't have all the words to say it. August Wilson, I really believe, wrote a play that was reflective of that time directly. I don't know that he was making any statement or comment about um, women necessarily. I think that's for the uh, audience to glean from it, if that's what they take from it. Um, I personally, believe that, yes, she does not have the words that, okay, in 2018, sure, as an actress, I wish she had. As an actor, that's words are our currency, right? Um, And at the same time, words are our currency, as well as our presence, just Mm -hmm. even our presence. And so she is in the entire play. She's in every scene of the play, um, leaves stage for a, a couple times, I think maybe three times. And um, so her presence speaks very loudly to me. Um, She hears everything and has an opinion on everything. And she does, the words that she does have are powerful. Um, And so I think it is very reflective of the time when women were coming up and coming out. A lot of the writers of the time, so you had Alice Walker, who was writing about this emergent woman, um, you had uh, Antesake Shange, um, who was writing at that time. She was actually, I believe, at Columbia mm-hmm. at that time, and um, but also was writing, you know, um, for color girls at the time who considered suicide when the rainbow isn't enough. Right, right. Um, when the rainbow isn't isn't, isn't enough is enough. Isn't enough. <laughs> um, so. These ideas were definitely percolating. This character, I think, is pre that actual moment where Mm -hmm. women had their voice, if that makes sense, right? So this is a woman who she's she's becoming in this moment, and I think that it's a very... She's dealing with a lot, a lot. She's got... Her legs are scarred. Um, It's Mm self-inflicted, and that also speaks volumes in this play, Um, just the presence of it. It's not talked about a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe there's lots of opportunity for the expression of that as a character. That's my, that's been one of my greatest, um, the richness of this character comes out of that.
0: So, um, so Nicole, how are you able to get across what's happening with this character, if not in words, then with her body language?
1: Absolutely. It is. It's a lot about body, and it's a lot about... Well, you know, as I said, we're, as an actor, words are our currency. Well, they actually come through our body,
0: our bodies, mm-hmm. right? So, breath and voice
1: is one way um, in which expression happens, um, but every actor even if they have a lot of even if they have plenty of words and monologues we are expressing constantly with our bodies Mm -hmm. and it's subtle i think it's something that um as human beings we respond to we may not even realize it but we're getting it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um yeah and it's that's paramount actually for an actor to be connected to the body because we are it's our whole organism
0: that's expressing so what does it mean to you to appear in an August Wilson play?
1: It is, it feels like a major bucket list <laughs> check-off for me. <laughs> Not check-off, but check-off. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I. This is my first August Wilson full-length August Wilson production that I've gotten to do, and it's a complete dream come true for me. I, August Wilson is our Shakespeare. Um, oh, sorry, that's my microwave. <laughs> it's
0: okay. <laughs>
1: sorry, uh, the quinoa cooking. So, um, <laughs> but August Wilson, ab- absolutely, he's America's. Me, everybody compares him to Shakespeare. I, for me, it's even greater than that because I, the stories that he tells are so rooted in a human experience that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. That, and also, I think, as people have talked about, I even thought, oh, he doesn't write women. I really cast him off for a, a long time um, because of that. I I was a, yeah, a science nerd in high school. I went to the Bronx High School of Science. I you know, I didn't come to theater until li- a little bit later. And um, so I knew about August Wilson. I'd gone to see, my parents took us to see Fences with James Earl Jones when I was younger. I barely remember. But um, it was, I always knew of him as a, an icon and a major figure of, black culture Mm -hmm. and American culture. Um, And it wasn't until I really started to study a couple years ago with Michelle Shea, who is fantastic. Uh, She was in Seven Guitars, um, Tony nominated for that um, play in the 90s, I believe. And um, I've really got a great window into what it is what he was writing about black women what it is to be a black woman what it is to be a black man in america how they relate to each other how they need each other you know the king and the queen really coming together mm-hmm. and quite honestly um you know on esther is a character in two trains running that does not appear we never see her but she is talked about throughout the entire play and that is a major female character um in his writing, it's she pops up in um, other plays as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But in our play, it's it's not a mistake mm-hmm. that that female energy is there. Um, so I just I started to understand a lot more about him. I just thought, oh, there aren't that many scenes. I remember looking for a scene, and I was like, there are women in these plays, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, it's actually. Um, they're quite deep and rich, mm. the characters, um,
0: and I, I feel so incredibly blessed, honored to get to do his work, especially at Arena
1: Stage, um, one of the most renowned theaters in the country. So,
0: so uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, the timing of this play now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do you feel it's so important for it to be staged now in D.C.?
1: Now in D.C., well, the seat of our government, right? Um, Mm. The seat of our our country. Well, I will say that, first of all, it took place in Pittsburgh. And as I was taking Amtrak down from New York City and we passed through Pennsylvania and we passed through um, Jersey and came down here through Baltimore and came down here, I really... Was, became aware of where I was going. We're a little more south. It's It really feels like that line between the north and the south. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely that. It, we're a little more southern, yet, you know, it's not extremely, it's not completely the south and it's not the north. Um, and I really believe that two trains running in particular discusses that. Is it, are we going, is it pre Civil rights movement, where uh, or segregation, we're in a time where segregated in the South, right? The two trains, running north and south, and this, and then moving towards a place where there's integration seems to be the way things are moving. But is that actually working? Mm -hmm. Is it working? Um, And so, we're at a time right now where we're getting to. I really, I'm so glad. As horrible as I, I personally um, think our political situation has been unfolding over the past couple of years. It's been very shocking and frightening um, for me. And at the same time, I really believe that these issues have to come to light. Um, issues of police brutality. We have to see these. I mean, I'm so. I'm grateful for the men who gave their lives and women who. Um, have given their lives um, at the hands of an unjust system, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, an unjust system, injustice, but that we are actually, we have to deal with this. We get to deal with these issues, even if they're not easy to deal with. Um, and I believe that Two Trains talks about these issues in a way we, the audience gets a look inside the inner lives of these black Americans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I I think plays written like that, it's, of course, it's not 2018. And there are some things, for sure, um, especially the way women are talked about, that in 2018, with a 2018 perspective, there's a lot, for me, personally, I'm like, huh, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, at the same time, is that... Is that just honest about that time and those pe- those men and how they would have talked about women? Sure. Mm-hmm. I get to feel a kind of way about it, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, I can absolutely. I get feel a kind of way
1: about it and will that then motivate me how do I live my life and how do I want to be as a person not even in the play anymore, but how do I get to be in the world mm. um, with this? I think that's one of the incredible benefits of going to the theater is that you get we get exposed to real conversations if the writing is great, which it is
0: mm, certainly <laughs> um, on this.
1: Yes, yes. We get these this insight into these real conversations and then we get to extend that conversation. Life changing um, for this the theater for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, changed my life. We, you know, in my, I have an incredible family, um, but we were very intellectual, very, you know, things that we talked about were very factual based, and it was less about feelings, I think. And so I was so attracted to the theater because we were talking about, you talk about people's feelings. How do I feel about this and that and the other? And I get to express it unbounded, you
0: know? So um, let's, let's talk a little bit about how you went from being uh, a, a science nerd to wanting to become an actress. I mean, going from the Bronx High School of Science, which, as we know, is one of the most prestigious high schools in New York City, um, Mm -hmm. when did it kick in that, yeah, I want to be an actress?
1: Um, Well, my parents, I lived in New York, so my parents took us to see a show. My sister and I, once a year, we got to see a show, a Broadway show, and Mm -hmm. I was on the edge of my seat. Whenever we went to do that, so it was always a little closet desire and love. And I was, I would go to the library and record Broadway musicals. I would get the you know CDs or tapes out of the library. So I always loved it. And then when it came time, I did a Westinghouse science project, and every summer I would go and do um, a research program at you know Woods Hole Marine Biological Laboratory or something. I love science as well. But, when it came time to go to college, I chose Yale. And Yale has so much theater, so much um, music and singing. I mean, there it's every I think student who goes there is quite well-rounded. and it, it, I was exposed then to so much more theater, and I completely became obsessed and uh, switched my major to theater from being pre-med biology, um, <laughs> which my parents loved. They loved that. <laughs> um, but they uh, came around, and they got to see me in a production where I said,
0: oh, oh, well, we get it Now we that. understand, right, <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so um, I-, I know you've been on Broadway in Hair, Rent, Lennon. Uh, any favorite moments, anything that stands out that... Uh, you know you think about yeah
1: yeah it's funny all those three shows in particular speak to who I am uh, as an actor as a person you know they're very much at, at the time you know they were very they're very much we're all one love is the most important thing and um and that does pervade a lot of the characters I play, and especially even Risa, especially Risa, actually, mm-hmm. in Two Trains. That's an aspect of her um, character as well. And uh, But I will say about Hair, um, which was, that was probably the most dominant show of my um, Broadway <laughs> life. And we had so many, there were so many incredible moments. Um, one of them was actually... Performing in
0: Central Park before mm. I went to Broadway and singing Let the Sunshine
1: In as the heavens opened and it rained
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> on us. It was unbelievable. Um, you know, we had, you know, the crew was trying to get us off stage because our mics would <laughs> explode, basically. <laughs> but uh, so we, like, took off our mics and went back out and... Sang in the rain, and the audience was there. I mean, it was incredible. What a moment! Um, yeah, <laughs> really, really fantastic. And um, and then when we got on Broadway, uh, I was understudying Sheila, whose thing's easy to be hard, and that character. And I was I understudied Dion as well, and a bunch of other characters. But halfway through the second act. The, sh- the Sheila had an uh, an accident. She got, had a, an accident and had a bloody nose. had to be rushed to the hospital. Wow! Um, and I remember coming off stage from doing one number, and the stage manager being like, "You're going on as Sheila." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and literally re-entering the stage as a different character and finishing the show playing the Sheila track. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs>
0: Boy, talk about being ready, right? Right,
1: <laughs> just all the
0: time. Yeah, the absolutely. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, besides your theater roles, you have a very impressive list of TV shows that you've been in: The Blacklist, mm-hmm. Odd Mom Out, Blue Bloods, Law and Order, SVU. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the difference between being in a stage play and filming a TV show? Oh, so different. Um, so very
1: different. In a stage play, the rehearsal process, first of all, is much longer, and than a than in a movie or anything filmed. Um, and I find it a, a very collaborative event. You have table work. You read the play together. You're doing. You, we're on this journey of discovery with the play which when we finally then run it and present it doesn't even end there. We're then continuing to uh, discover even if we've actually shaped basically what the, the structure of the play is and our characters journeys and arts are. Um, with film it's much for me it's much more okay what uh, I have to understand what's going on make bold choices from the beginning. I guess we're always making bold choices, even especially in theater, actually, because there's no other way to figure out does it work or not. You just got to go with it, make a choice. Um, you do get to do uh, uh, scenes over and over again, and there's a learning in that, um, just because you're dealing with so many different aspects of the moment. So, you know, are you standing on your mark? What kind of angles do, the, do they want to get, the camera guys? Do they... You know, has the lighting? Oh, we didn't. We got some sound in there. The boom was in the shot. We got to do it again. So, um, I think basically, as an actor, there's no difference in terms of having to bring yourself to the moment in every moment. Um, in terms of process, I I think it's more truncated in film and television, and it's a lot about. Uh, just really being present it's less about having to create and make uh, something that all together than fits it's a lot about who am I right now in this moment with you making that choice being very present because the camera catches everything
0: Mm -hmm. everything
1: so it's really important you don't have to do very much Mm -hmm. it's a lot about being even the thought whatever thoughts you're having it's um, incredibly vulnerable that way. But theater's also, oh, theater's so vulnerable. Just moving into the round here from the proscenium version that we did, um, is so, there's such a different experience and very vulnerable. And, um, it's one of the great things about getting to do theater is getting to be that present with a group of people. Um,
0: yeah. So you on said you said that August one of August Wilson's plays would have been on your bucket list. What else is on your bucket list? What other things do you would you love to be in, either on stage or or on TV or in film?
1: Oh, I TV is so good these days. Um, I really love uh, these episodics that are coming out that are. Um, that are deep they get into you know very personal intimate issues of um race and power um and they can they're controversial as well you know one of the real staunch is any shonda rhimes show
0: period Mm -hmm.
1: i would do right um, hands down um Grey's Anatomy is such a great, I mean that show's been around for so long and in some ways in the back of my mind I'm like, huh, wouldn't that be cool convicts like some of the the biology Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the science right. all the emotion, there's (laughs) so much heart in that show Um, so it's those kinds of um, roles and I've, I've done a bit of Shakespeare as well which are really so full bodied and I also still love musicals um, There's a ver- but it's also a very specific kind of musical that if a musical came along that um, was of the simpler nature that I think once on this island falls into those categories. Aaron and Flaherty are one of my favorite writers um, or sorry I should say a team of my favorite writers and uh, so those would be great to do also. It's such a great time for us, and I say us meaning black women in particular, um, but I think there's so much diversity coming up, black, uh, production companies that
0: are strong right now, mm-hmm. um,
1: that feature not just black men and women, but people of color in general, um, and just diversity, like um, gender diversity, race, racial diversity. Um, so I think television is the next, feels like the next frontier um, for me, for sure. So
0: uh, Shonda, inter-
1: I'm here, Shonda. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> we'll make sure to send this to her. So I, 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 that was one of the things I was going to ask you because, of course, you know, in 2016, we saw that hashtag, Oscar's so white, mm-hmm. and then uh, last year... Moonlight won Best Picture, and then this year, of course, at the Oscars, we saw Jordan Peel win for his uh, Get Out screenplay, but of course, the big thing is Black Panther, Yeah. with essentially an all-black cast. It's dominated, it continues mm-hmm. to dominate the blo- the box office, bringing in over yes. a billion dollars. And so, have Wakanda we... Wakanda forever, yeah. Yeah, have we... I know, I know. <laughs> Have we reached a tipping point here? I mean, you seem to think that things are, there are so many more opportunities now.
1: Yeah, I do. A, a tipping point, I don't, I'm not sure. What a, I'm not exactly sure if there's a point um, at which things change and then all of a sudden, it's, it's like in the theater or as a, in a career, it's not, I don't believe that there's like, okay, now I've made it. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a constantly evolving process. I, I, so I look at it and I see it as a collaboration of more projects and actually scripts being written that are rich and full and exciting to get to perform. Mm -hmm. It's about the roles that really, um, and it's about the writing. I think in terms of opportunities that come up, and though I'm not a writer, I've always said if I'm teaching or anything, um, and I've just learned if you can write, write your own material, because there's a market for it. Absolutely, number one, and number two, it's we're not we don't have to be at the mercy of, you know, oh, there aren't roles that are that are really rich and great and that I want to play you know I know particularly for black men it's a lot of thugs thugs are you know you can go out for a million thug roles um but characters that are complex and deep and you know I think Sterling K Brown is on you know is getting to be an example of that so the industry gets to say oh wait we can make money off of this Yes, we've always been great. The writing has always been good. The talent has been phenomenal. It's just, in Hollywood, I don't think there's been a monetary value on it. Um, And now, with Black Panther, I believe billions of dollars, that's what Hollywood speaks, you know, money. Mm -hmm. speaks dollars, dollar signs. So, yes, I absolutely believe that with the success of Black Panther... many more opportunities are coming because they will be funded and financed and produced Um, they want these stories and rightfully so we have amazing stories to tell
0: so what advice would you give to that high school student at Bronx Science or another high school around the country who is thinking about going into acting
1: I would say it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like I said, there's no such thing as I made it and I'm done. I, um, I don't think if you're going at it for fame and recognition, I think there is disappointment ahead <laughs> for you. Mm-hmm. If that's uh, and I know that there's there can be a lot of that, um, especially when you're young. Um, this idea, of, oh, I want to be on TV. Um, And to put in the work, to study, to take class, to practice. And if you love it, do it. And find any way and any means necessary, by any means necessary, of doing the acting. And get really into what what specifically do you enjoy and like. And for me, that's changed over the years. Like I was saying earlier, like, it was musical theater for... Um, several years and it's not that I don't but when I don't like musical theater anymore I've been exposed to new things and as I evolve as a human being um, and as an actor over many years I get to (laughs) discover oh you know I want to work on this right now. In fact I was cast in, I got, I booked uh, Two Trains Running and I had another offer um, at the same time that's, ha- that's happened a lot as well to me as well. Like you get uh, getting two things at once and having to choose, and I was just really grateful that I was very clear about what I wanted to work on, um, and. It was uh, the other project they were very gracious about saying absolutely go do this project that you want to work on because there isn't a right or wrong there isn't a okay if i do this then i'm gonna make it it's really about what your calling is it's and i believe it's a vocation a calling for a reason um and it's about listening to that um and bringing yourself completely to everything that you do. So, you know, you might have to work second jobs and You and got to pay your bills. But if it's stealing your soul, you're not to get another job, you know,
0: right? <laughs> um, right?
1: you know, and you got to like where you live. I think, um, we use ourselves in our work so much that self care is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, can be very easy to self-medicate and do all kinds of things and it's okay it really is because it's just about a life it's about understanding who you are in the long term Um, but always remembering that to me I'm serving a greater purpose which is that I'm part of a creative calling really Um, so my job is to show up and listen and do it the best that I can Um, So i got
0: to take care of me. I think that sounds like great advice, Nicole. Yeah. For everybody. Thanks. For everybody. (laughs) So thank you so much for doing this. Uh, So everyone, I hope that you will go see Nicole in uh, August Wilson's Two Trains Running at Arena Stage. Uh, It's playing from March 30th to April 29th. And uh, you can get tickets by going to Arena Stage's website. So thank you so much. We've been speaking with Nicole Lewis, and I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Woman Around Town.